Welcome to the Inspirations Podcast, sponsored by Quebec's only newspaper, devoted exclusively to the news of the special needs community. Tune in regularly to hear uplifting success stories, learn about resources, and gain timely advice in the area of special needs, featuring experts in various fields. Here's your host, host, Mark Bergman. The Giant Steps Resource and Training Center is an extension of Giant Steps and is dedicated to supporting the ASD community. The center offers a wide range of resources and support for a variety of autism-related issues. And Marla Cable is the coordinator of the Resource and Training Center at Giant Steps and joins us right here on the Inspirations Podcast. Thank you for having me. So tell us about this great need for the Resource Center here in Montreal provided by Giant Steps. Um, well, we opened up the center for actually two reasons. One of the reasons was our own staff were saying that they didn't know that certain material had already been adapted and created it within the school, um, and they really wanted a central location to create to keep all that material and everything. The second reason we created the center was we had um, we have a lot of families who would love to send their children to our school, but unfortunately we only take 90 children, so spaces are limited. So we wanted to provide them with some sort of a service to help and support them because we know they're on wait lists left, right, and center. In 2019, tell me how, how far have we come in regards to educating and sensitizing the population to and, and about autism? There was a really great um, image that was going around Facebook uh, this year for Autism Month, and it was, okay, you're sensitized, now what are you going to do? Hmm. And I think that says it a lot, that I think in the within the general public, a lot of people are sensitized and, and have some knowledge of autism now, but now it's to bring it to another level of, well, what are you going to do to help and support and include um, people with an autism spectrum disorder in the workplace, in the community, in the schools? Uh, and a lot of it comes down to education, right? Definitely, yeah. Tell me a bit about educating people about about autism and giving them as much info as they can. I think that's really important is to educate people. Um, the more information they have, the less scary it seems and then they're able to be a little bit more proactive in helping support okay. uh, integrating people okay so let's talk about some of the uh, some of the services um, so one of the services we have is a large library uh, in our library we have a wealth of books dedicated to subject matter related to autism and um, is that open to, to anybody can can pass by and, and definitely uh, we don't have a membership fee so anyone can come and use the center um, we require just a refundable deposit for each number of items that they borrow they can borrow it like a library for three weeks at a time, bring it back to us when they're done. Um, So we can really guide them into what books perhaps they should look at or that might fit whatever their needs that they're looking at. And you're generally talking about uh, parents with autistic kids or an employer that has somebody with autism working with them? It's really vast. I have as much as I have teachers, as educators, I have grandparents, I have parents. Um, I have a lot of adults on the autism spectrum too that come in. They may have just recently got a diagnosis and they're searching for what does this mean? How, did it, how does it describe my past and my present and right. my future? Um, I have siblings use the center, so it's really quite vast on who uses the center, which okay. is really lovely, you know, because then we're getting the whole spectrum, for you sure. know, like for it's sure. not just one type of person. Talk to me about some of the training uh, services that you offer, which I, I think are wonderful. Mm-hmm. So some of the training and workshops that we offer are actually organized by our center and then open to the general public. 
And then other times what I can do is if an organization, a school, a daycare, a group of parents wants a specific workshop, they can contact me and we can really tailor make the workshop to fit their needs. Okay. And you've done some some amazing workshops with police, uh, firefighters. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So our, our first responder project was a really large project that we put together a couple of years ago because um, we know that um, it's an area that sometimes can be sticky. Um, So we really wanted to ensure first responders had good information about autism so that they were better equipped to support individuals in an emergency situation, whether it be an accident, uh, crime related, uh, if it's fire, so evacuation, you know, all of those sort of things and everything. So it's a really great program. So what we really wanted to do was um, we don't have a lot of manpower, so we don't have a lot of people to go out and train every police officer. So we got a good grant from Autism Speaks. Um, and we developed an online program. So we basically uh, developed a, a training program that their trainers can then take and use to train their There's their that. workers. Yeah. yeah, and we've been really successful. I've had calls from all across Canada of different police organizations who are now using it uh, to teach their, their employees and everything. And it's part of the repertoire of sort of this Canadian national program that they have for them. As it so. should be. Mm, As yeah. it should be. Yes, What definitely. are some other groups that you think can take advantage that would really benefit from from the resource center we talked about uh, first responders uh, bus drivers are there any other groups that you think that you have not seen yet that you think uh, that you'd love to see walk through the doors there yeah i've had a lot of conversations with um, ambulance drivers they would love to have that information too because they're all part of the first responder unit too so they would love to have that so that's a group i'd love to uh, get into contact with um, and from a parent standpoint, the group that they would really like to see us attack um, are hospitals and doctors and nurses. Really? Yeah. So Okay, tell me more about that because that just sounds rather odd because it should be natural for them, right? Exactly. But there seems to be a big complaint of parents and um, adults with an autism spectrum disorder when they go into the hospital, especially into triage. Um, it's rush, 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 yeah. quick, quick, quick. And they're, they're not supported necessarily in the ways in which they would need and everything. Um, I've talked to a few nurses and they themselves say they don't get a lot of training specific to autism either. So I think it would be lovely if we could get something collaboratively going with that group of people. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And you know what? I was going to give the info at the end, but now is a good time to give info. If there's a group right now of doctors or, or, or of nurses or ambulance drivers that want to get in touch and want a training course, how do they get in touch with you? So they can contact me at my email. So it's uh, resource, so resources spelt in French, yeah. plural, um, at giantsipsmontreal.com. Or you can call me at 514-935-1911 and, ex- and ask for Marla Cable. Okay. We'll give that information again at the end of the podcast. Tell me about Inclusive Smart Cities for the Disabled. Okay, so this was a project a few years ago that uh, we worked in collaboration with the City of Laval. Um, that sort of became the first city within Quebec uh, sensitized and supportive to to the autism community and everything. So we did a lot of different projects with them. So I've worked a lot with the the STL, so the bus transit system out there, um, providing information booths, um, giving them training on autism. Um, We've gone into the metro system and had sort of information booths for the general public. 
We worked with the Chamber of Commerce and had a huge conference and brought in a speaker to, to talk to other businesses to encourage them to be more inclusive and actually hire sure. individuals. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've done lots of little projects with them and, and they were a big part of our project for the first responders. So their police force and fire de- departments actually played a big part in the training and everything. And Laval was the very first city in Quebec? Apparently so, yes. Any other cities stepping forward and... and I mean, there's pockets within Montreal and the South Shore of different organizations, you know, uh, wanting to to get on the bandwagon and become more inclusive and everything. So we're always open to to working with all different groups. As they they should. Mm -hmm. I mean, tell me, it's it's an obvious question, but why should cities be more inclusive to people with disabilities? I think we're moving into an era where it's more about diversity and of accepting that we we all have challenges in life, we all have strengths, and we all have great things to offer to one another. So I think we're trying to come together more as a collaborative group and everything. So Love it. And, and we're seeing that in, in pockets of Montreal as well. Uh, the Siegel Centre has a fabulous program called Relax Performance. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. So the relaxed performance is something that's been happening around and uh, um, so the Siegel Center approached me to do a relaxed performance. So from my understanding of what relaxed performance is, is it's really um, accepting to all groups. So it's ensuring that theater goers of, of all different walks of life, of all different needs and disabilities, feel welcome and comfortable at the theater and everything. Because a lot of them don't during a regular performance, right? The yeah. lights and the darkness and, and sitting in a confined area and, and close to people. So mm-hmm. they sort of break all the barriers Exactly. You know, there's a lot of families with a child uh, with autism that are hesitant to do new things because they don't know how their child is going to react. So they'd rather not go to avoid any situations. So by having a relaxed performance, a parent can go with their child to these performances and know that it's okay if their child stands up. Mm. It is okay for someone to pace. It is okay for someone to be uh, shocked or with a noise be a little startled and make a noise. Um, it's okay, you know, if you have to leave and come back in. Um, so it's just welcoming to, to everyone. Do you see that uh, growing? And do you see that in a lot of other uh, organizations uh, in, in Montreal, not only theaters, but maybe other forms of industry, uh, sports? I'm seeing it a lot in the arts right now. In the arts. So I've worked a lot with uh, the Musée de Beaux-Arts, the Montréal, um, with different theaters, different museums, um, different dance groups. So they seem to be becoming more inclusive and accepting. Okay. One of the many things that I read on your website, uh, by the way, giantsteps.com, is a, an adapted hockey manual. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. So again, that was a grant we got. So we developed a hockey program for our students, but part of the grant was to to create this manual so that other arenas can use the manual so that they know how to teach hockey to children on the autism spectrum. Marla, tell me about uh, the program that you're developing for pools. So it's going to be under the same type of thing as our hockey program. So we'll have a manual for pool instructors to know actually how to teach swimming lessons uh, to children with an autism spectrum disorder, what sort of things to take in mind, especially the sensory issues and everything when giving a class. And And that's upcoming this summer? It will be upcoming, yeah. 
Okay. Something that we hear a lot about uh, with, with students in schools is, is cyberbullying and cyber safety. And you guys are getting into that as well, which is wonderful. We are. We've just hired someone who's going to be developing a program again about that. So there will be courses and podcasts and webinars, and there's going to be all sorts of things online that people will be able to use and share. So that will be coming up in the next year or so. Okay. And this is to educate people with autism about cybersecurity or educators or it's going to be a little bit of everything because I don't think we can train one one way right mm -hmm. um, we need to teach uh, non-autistics how to support we need to 100%. teach those on the spectrum how to protect themselves as well so it's going to be really multifaceted and everything okay. Amazing. Uh, and some great adult programs coming up as well, right? Yeah. So we're developing a big adult program. So it will be not only um, sort of an internal stage for our own students, but there will be sort of an adult training program. So adults can follow this course to learn about um, job skills and everything. And then what we're hoping is to partner with big organizations and encourage them to actually hire individuals mm. uh, with an autism spectrum disorder and develop sort of a manual, not only for an employer, but for an employee as well. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, are there programs right now that are there job placement programs? There are different placement programs uh, around Canada and everything, and we're just sort of adding on to it. Amazing. You guys offer a ton of resources. Anything else that you want to talk about about the Resource Center? What's, what, what's the one thing that you want people to know uh, that's there that isn't being utilized enough? There's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, one great project we put together just this past year is an online training program for school bus drivers. Okay. Um, you know, so parents are a little scared and fearful to put their kids on this bus and what happens to them they don't know. Yeah. Um, so we have a one-pager for bus drivers to know sort of tips and strategies on how to better support a child on their bus. Um, but we've also created a really lovely video that they can watch that gives them a little bit more information. As is that well. on the website? It is, yes. Okay, giantsteps.com if you want to check out the video. Uh, Giant Steps has been around for how many years now? We're going to be 40 years 40 this years. coming year. Talk to me a bit about the evolution of Giant Steps from the time you started to, to now. Just a, a, an amazing evolution. Giant Steps is kind of like a little family. It's a family away from the family for our students. I think our staff really feel part of the family too. That hasn't changed. I mean, I That's did important. my internship at Giant Steps before I started working there. And that was my memory of Giant Steps was I just felt I was part of this family. And that's remained throughout the years and everything. I think the essence of Giant Steps is still the same from the very beginning. We're very diverse. Uh, we, we believe in not only teaching academics, but uh, everything else that comes with autism, the, you know, the socialization, the communication, uh, um, emotional regulation you know we really believe in the whole the whole person of teaching yeah. the, these kids and everything um, yeah and has the technology evolved as well in the last uh, while or well for sure I mean with I mean when I started we didn't have computers or, or yeah. anything like yeah. that so now we have computers and iPads and different technology that definitely is helping and supporting are you, are you using AT there using assistive technology it's, it's definitely yeah great yeah. What, what, what kind of things are you using uh... well we're using a lot of iPads for the kids for their communication devices okay. so those who cannot verbally communicate are using iPads and everything we have other devices as well um, all of our classes are equipped with smart boards as well so we use a lot of technology in the classrooms as well. Well, it certainly seems like uh, you know we've come in society a long way in 2019 to be you know more accepting, more open, uh, more 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 giving, 
but I think there's a, a, a long way to go still. There is. I mean, I would say 10 years ago, we were very much all working in different silos, very individualistic and everything. We're seeing more and more collaboration happening now. And I think that was my goal with the Resource and Training Centre was to have more programs and things online that people can just go and use so that we, you know, we don't have to keep recreating wheels. Mm. Um, by sharing information, we can move further quicker. Well said. Well, thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Marla Cable is the coordinator of the Resource and Training Center at Giant Steps. Again, for more information, giantsteps.com or the phone number? 514-935-1911.